Hey everybody, this is the first episode of the podcast. I'm so happy we finally got this thing off the ground and running, so whether you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, or maybe you're even watching and or listening on YouTube, and if you're listening and or watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like, comment, and if you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, please subscribe to the podcast Hey, make a comment, leave a review, because that tells the computer that people have taken interest and they'll show it to more people. So that's how you can help. And you'll get notified when the next episodes come out. So this is episode one, and I, uh, I have to be a little bit vulnerable here and tell you a little bit about myself so you know who I am and what this channel is all about. And it really is all about philosophies strategies, thinking for a great life, things we can do to become better, to become more, how we can be better every day in every way. That's what this is about. And I can't get to episode two unless I tell you how I got to this space of personal development, self-improvement, philosophy, psychology. And I never want to start a podcast off. I make this promise to you and I make this to myself without giving you something of value right off the top. One of the first things that was just a real key, and when I got this, it started changing the trajectory of my life right away. And it was this, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Now at first, this seems to be backwards. We should be putting all our effort and work into our job first and primarily. That's where we get our money, that's where we make the dough to pay the bills. That's where everything should go. No, we should work harder on ourselves by becoming more, by getting more skills, by expanding our abilities. We bring all that value, more value into our workplace. And that's how we get more pay promotions and we become more valuable to the workplace. And now when you do that, when you create the value in yourself, if your company and or business goes under, if they let you go and or you leave or you go off and start your own business, you take all that value with you. You don't leave it at the workplace. So that's a key principle right there. Work harder on yourself than you do in your job. And believe me, it pays benefits, multiple benefits for the place where you work. When you become more, you become more valuable to your place you work at, to the marketplace, to the workplace. So that's very important. Uh, and I'll give an example of this. I made up a story just to try to come up with an example of how that would apply. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll apply the story to myself. I'll say that I work at a big furniture warehouse and, you know, I know in the future that I want to travel to Italy. I want to travel through Europe and I want to go to Italy and I want to be able to speak Italian with the locals. So I'm going to learn Italian. So on my own, night school and or online, I learn Italian. I'm working on myself. I do it myself. And then I'm at work 
and into our furniture warehouse lobby comes a lady, and she only speaks Italian. But that's okay, because the person at the front desk knows that Cliff, he speaks Italian, and they call me up to speak to the lady. And then we converse in Italian, we develop some rapport, I've taken a few classes, read a few books, and uh, we just hit it off. And what does this lady do? She loves our product. She bonded with me. She buys furniture for all seven of her England castles. And can you imagine the payday for my company because of the value that I brought to the workplace? It's an example. I made it up. But that's how it happens. And that's one of the key principles that I learned from a man named Jim Rohn, who is a or was a business strategist, maybe a motivational guy, really a life skills person, philosopher, a business mogul, gave talks all over the world, wrote quite a few books, and I model him to this day. He's passed on a few years ago, but I still model him. So he's, his legacy lives on long after he's gone. And uh, he's all over YouTube, and he's got a lot of books. And I'm going to talk about him because I still model model him today. And he, he was the first person that I had contact with, which really changed my direction in having a better and greater life. And it snowballed to this day, which brings us to here to this podcast. Now, I was working for the LA County Sheriff's Department and myself and a few of my fellow deputy sheriffs were transferred and we didn't want to be transferred, and we were really against that. And matter of fact, we put up a fight. We sued the department. We raised holy hell, and it caused big problems. Our names were in the front page of the L.A. Metro section. Deputies sue over transfers, and we were targeted. We had supervisors come to all of us in our different locations, even though we were actually transferred to better places they did it purposely to show that we were not being punished. These were not punitive transfers, and yet we felt they were, and we were suing to stay where we were, but the, uh, we, would, we did not get an injunction to stay uh, at our stations that we preferred, so we were transferred out. So eventually, we uh, dropped our lawsuit because winning would have put us right back to where we were. We weren't suing for monetary, monetary, monetary gain, we were suing to stay where we were. Now, we could have just went along with our transfers uh, with a positive, different perspective, and we could have alleviated a lot of headaches on both sides of that fence, but we didn't. And so, henceforth, on my own, I got into a very, very negative place. And, you know, people sometimes today say, I can't see that. Well, I did. I got into a very negative place uh, to the point where, if you can imagine, I'm being threatened by supervision. You think you can sue this department and get away with it? We're going to get you. And so my career was not heading in a positive northerly direction. Supervisors were actually even calling in my friends. They would call them into the office and tell them to stay away from me if they wanted to keep their careers from going into the toilet. So that's where I was at that point. Now, I got to a point where I said, that's it. No, no more. I'm not doing this anymore. I, I'm not staying here. I'm not working here anymore. When I leave, I'm going to somewhere else to get more money and I can have no limits on how much I can earn. And I decided I was going to get my real estate license 
I'm going to get involved in real estate because then there is no limits to how much money I can make. And I'm my own boss, my own person. And so I'm going to get my real estate license. So I set out to find out how to get my real estate license. Now, is it as simple? Is success as simple as deciding on what you want, find out what you have to do to get it, and then start doing those things in the proper order? Yes, it's that simple. Everything is that simple. So I, did, I found out what I have to do. I've got to take a principal's course for the state of California, and I did that. And with that passing grade, I qualified to sign up for the state Department of Real Estate exam. I did that. Now, after passing that exam to be a realtor, you have to hang your license with a broker. I did that. And my buddy and I both became realtors for Century 21 Golden in Pasadena. The broker's Hovig Demagian, and I want to thank him because really... He supported us 100%. He said he, that he loved police officers as real estate agents because he felt they were, they had a history of developing rapport with people. They weren't afraid to approach people. And he was right. And that they, he said that they always became great agents. So he believed in us and supported us. And he was really uh, the first cause of me getting involved in personal development, self-improvement, philosophies for success, how to do better, how to become more. And so he sent us to a seminar. He sent us to a seminar in Burbank, California. I'll never forget it. It was Jim Rohn, circa, it's around 1992. And Jim Rohn is the speaker. I'm there, sales training for real estate. Hovig, our broker, sent several of us to this, and he himself went to this seminar because Jim Rohn was well known as a, as a speaker, a business speaker. And so we all went to the seminar and Jim Rohn started off with, you know, Hey, listen, whatever you do in life, you know, take lots of pictures, take pictures. Now we can take digital pictures. Doesn't cost any money. Take lots of pictures. Imagine if your grandparents had left behind lots of pictures, what they would do for the family and memories and the legacy that they left behind, if they had lots of pictures left behind. So take lots of pictures, leave a legacy, images behind of your life. And, and as, as he went on in the seminar, I was thinking, I'm here for sales training, and I'm getting life training. And a lot of that is what real estate is about, because it's a people business, and you have to be good at communicating with people, having people trust you, listening to people, developing rapport. Uh, you're involved in transactions. Somebody has to agree. Uh, there's big money involved. It might be one of the biggest transactions of their life. People tr entrusting a realtor to, with, this, with this big purchase and or sale. So it is life training. And so Jim Rohn was my initial taste of that. And that's where I got work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And I got that principle into my mind and I started on that day because whatever seminar that I went to, whatever books I read, it always led to two, five, six more books, maybe two more seminars. And Tony Robbins used to work for Jim Rohn before he had his own 
personal development business before he had written any books. He worked for Jim Rohn, and he modeled Jim. And then Tony, as you know, or may not know, he went off on his own and started his own and started his own personal development, self-improvement business, and started his own live events, uh, specifically the one I went to, UPW, Unleash the Power Within. That's the first Tony Robbins seminar that I went to in Anaheim, California. Personal growth, personal growth, self-improvement, that's the gift that you give other people. Personal growth is the gift you not only give yourself, but you give those around you. If I get 10 times better this year, what will that do for our relationship? What will that do for my spouse and I, your spouse and you? If you get better at communicating, listening, if you start to become more, if you, tar- you start to expand your communication skills, what will that do for the people around you, really and inevitably to the world? You become a better citizen of the world by personal growth. So I got into this. Now, a funny thing happened on the way to personal growth. So as I took courses, as I read books, and I started applying these principles for success and learning how to communicate better, all of a sudden, my job started improving at the sheriff's department. One thing affects another thing. Everything affects everything else. Another key principle I learned. So as I got better, so did my job got better at the sheriff's department. Now I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. So I remember I paid $600 to go to this weekend seminar. $600. Now I shared with people at the sheriff's department, hey, I'm going to see Tony Robbins. Now who's that? I, I told him. Tony Robbins, I'm going to the seminar, the Unleash the Power Within. I'm going to walk on the hot coals. And, you know, it's great. And I, I, maybe I hang around with the wrong crowd because, I mean, the Sheriff's Department was really forward thinking on leadership and personal growth. They supported, they had their own uh, LASD University, LA Sheriff's Department University. But I knew the friends that I worked with and hung around with, they really made fun of me and said, you're going to pay $600 to hear somebody speak? Listen, you can give me a lot less and you can hear me speak. So they really weren't excited about it. They really weren't supportive of it. And so when I got to the seminar, 2,000 people. Now this is what, 1990, uh, it's probably 1992 or three still. And I'm at this seminar, 2,000 people. I say 2,000 people, which seemed like a lot then, but my wife and I both went to a Tony Robbins seminar together in 2019. 15,000 people at the LA Convention Center. Big difference. So when I looked back on it, I go, well, that was pretty intimate, actually. So here I am at the seminar, and what did I see and who did I meet? I met 2,000 people. They were like-minded like me. They were all energized, and they had positive attitudes, and people were there to get better, to work harder on themselves. I met a lady right off the bat in the registration line, She was there. She had two hair salons from San Francisco and she closed down both shops for the weekend so that she could bring all of her employees in both shops to the Tony Robbins seminar. And she was so excited about the results that were going to come from getting there and getting new ideas and getting a spark of motivation and inspiration and skills that she was going to take back to bring her businesses to the next level. 
So now all of a sudden I'm around these like-minded people and it was really exciting. And one of the things we had to do uh, at this seminar, which, you know, I was prepared for. I mean, in fact, I went to the seminar with no fear because I researched it. Oh, walking on coals. Yeah, there's really not much danger in getting burnt because charcoal is a poor uh, conductor of heat. So, I mean, as long as you do what you're told to do, Tony knows no one's going to get burnt. But during the first day of the seminar, at the beginning of the day, they take everybody downstairs in this big area outside the hotel and they have about a 12-foot-high pile of wood that is just an enraging inferno of fire, and, they, and they're starting this four to five hours before we're going to walk on it. I got to tell you, when you get next to the fire and you feel that heat, yeah, fear started to creep in. I, I started to have some doubts. And so then everybody goes back into the seminar, and then later that night, around midnight, everybody goes down, stairs and then you see all the coals are spread out into I think they're probably 10 or 12 foot lengths of hot coals that are just glowing tony robbins is on top of a ladder and he's yelling more coals more hot coals and you see in the background three ambulances and i'm thinking to myself ambulances this means somebody could get hurt uh doubt crept in but you know what i was with people that were excited about doing it some were not I'm trying to think. I don't really remember nobody, nobody. I don't remember anyone not doing it, but there were, I, I saw a lot of concern on the faces of everybody <laughs> that was in line to walk these hot coals. So we take off our shoes and socks, roll up our pants, and Tony gives specific instructions, all right? He gets you into a frame of mind where you are, hey, cool moss, cool moss. You're just putting, you're putting, uh, annotations in your mind you're, you're putting statements in your mind in your brain and you're just repeating them over and over again you know and cool moss cool moss and you're going to step with authority on those coals and you're going to continue to walk until you get to the other end of those hot coals and you're going to be fine and at the end of there there's going to be someone who's going to in case any coals you know kicked up on the hairs of your legs they're going to hose off your legs and your feet and so man it's, it's quite intimidating because now you're feeling that heat again, burning coals. And what does your mind tell you? Your mind does not want you to get hurt. Your mind does not want your feet to burn. Your mind is trying to protect you. And that's what our mind does. That's what fear does. Our brain really works perfectly well. And it gives us fear to protect us. You know, but our brain is our, our two million year old brain or however old it is, goes back to the days of dinosaurs and, and it's trying to protect us from those kind of things. So it's a different age and it's a different time and sometimes we have to override our initial, our initial fears and we got to have courage to go forward knowing what we know. And so that's what we did when we walked those coals. So, man, I got on those coals and I walked with authority. Cool moss, cool moss. And I made it to the end. They hosed me off and not a blister, not a burn anywhere. And it's really amazing. Now, scientifically, it means nothing to do that. It's not a trick to do that. But the whole metaphor, and I think it's very powerful, and that's why Tony does it, is what else does your brain tell you that you can't do 
that you could do. Your brain is telling you, you can't do this. You're going to burn. You can't do this. Your brain was wrong. So if you know better, you have to override your initial fears and go forward into what you want to do because you can do it. If somebody else has done it, you can do it. If nobody's done it, you can be the first to do it. And so I left that seminar with just a new lease on life. And it was, I mean, these were full days. Tony goes from your initial day is 8 a.m. and you go till about 1 a.m. And then you're back again 8 a.m. the next day. And then you go to 1 a.m. And then the final day is maybe 8 a.m. until 2 in the afternoon. And so, but that weekend, it was life-changing for sure. That I left there with some, some, I left there with fire. After walking on the fire, I left there fired up. I can tell you that. And so I think that's a good place for us to get into what's going to happen from now on. I'm going to continue with what happened to me on that journey and how I went from that negative place where they were after me, where I wanted to quit. And I'll give you a sneak preview. I did not quit. I hung in there and things, well, I changed and then things changed for me. Another secret, I'm giving you all sorts of secrets today on this episode, on the first episode. When you change, things will start to change for you. Now, what I had to learn, and it was very humbling, I had to learn that my circumstances and where I found myself in my frustration, anger, not going to do this anymore. I found that my choices, my thinking brought me to where I was. So it's very, very humbling when you finally realize, whoa, it's not politics. It's not your negative relatives. It's not the economy. It's you. And so when I finally had to realize it's me, that was humbling. Then you get excited because guess what? If it's me, if it's me, that's the one thing, that's the one person that I can do something about. I'm empowered now because I'm in charge. And so time to take massive action and things start to turn around. I'm going to pick up that story in episode two. I'm glad you're here in episode one. We got this thing rolling. We're going to keep the train going with this podcast and together. Together, we're going to figure out how we can be better, become more, and live a great life. It's a wonderful life, everybody. Cliff Yates, if you haven't already, subscribe on the podcast platforms. Or if you're watching and or listening on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like and or share. Leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. All right. Until the next episode, I'm Cliff Yates, everybody. Just give it a try Think that it's time you let that spark out You've been hiding in the shadows way too long